and welcome to episode 29 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast for the final time this season. So joining me this week are Liam Hennessy. Hello. Rebecca Braddock. Hello. And a very new voice, John Rayworth from Haringey. Good evening. Hello. Right. Um, two wins on the trot. Um, I was at the game yesterday. Um, first away game that I've been to. Fantastic atmosphere. With a nun, though, man. With a nun, indeed. Um, I met um, a gentleman called Paul Weasel, who's from the Tom Hotspur family group, and he, he was dressed as a nun for, for the occasion. Um, and uh, fantastic performance. Really good, really good atmosphere. Um, really good performance from the lads. It was flawless. I couldn't find, I couldn't pick out anybody in the team that, that, that played poorly. Everybody from 1 to 11 played really, really well. Well, and uh, what a way to finish the season! Fifth in the table, above the Bindapers. Um, we're in. We've qualified for the Europa for next season, um, which I'm really looking forward to. So, yeah, just just a fantastic way to end um, the season. Finishing above Liverpool got us 1.3 million extra. That's a nice little cherry on the cake. That's. That's, that's one for the um, for, for the bean counters. I'm sure Mr. Lee will. will, will, will One point three million. Yes, more than our prize money for finishing fifth. Oh, okay. One point three because... million more than their prize money for finishing sixth. Okay, so that's added by your salary for the summer then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it helped by the fact that Liverpool failed so spectacularly yesterday I can believe that scoreline it just got better and better all afternoon um, so that was always a good, that was a good thing as well I've only really just found out so... that, I'm sorry I've only just found out that it was Gerard who scored their goal that was a bit yeah. of a disappointment well it gave them all something to you know carry on talking about it was it was it was nice that in some ways actually Gerard did score because it's like throwing a a dog a a, a, a bone, um, and that was his pathetic little consolation. Um, he can he can have that little he can have that goal and and six one to go with it. Um, yeah, it was um amusing and with any luck they'll stop talking about him. Sky can stop going into meltdown because of Gerard, so let him go. A Liverpool result at least gives us a little bit of um, hubris, a little bit of schadenfreude, and it puts our own defeat at Stoke very much in perspective as well. So it wasn't, you know, Stoke are a pretty good team and they really have come on leaps and bounds. Things don't look that bad, do they, fifth place now? No, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, exactly. It's a steady fifth place and um, not to change the subject too much, but that's probably going to be state of play more or less for the next couple of years until the uh, stadium's done I reckon and then hopefully the game will change a bit I, I disagree actually really yeah I, I think um, with some shrewd like they say 10 to 15 million pound signings young players there could be some exciting young players unheard of players coming in and 
hopefully making an impact. Okay, so what do we think about the rumours of Lavezzi coming in? I thought it was a type of coffee. <laughs> That's all I know about it. I think that, I think I think John's right that we can certainly push on. Um, if you look at it, that's what six seasons on the spin that we've finished in the top six. In fact, we've we've finished fifth, sorry, fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth, and then obviously sixth last season. And last season was was always going to be difficult, losing a manager halfway through and then having a caretaker. Um, if we want to call him that, be teacher. teacher, even step, step, step. I mean, I remember my, many words, remember, John. There's many words. <laughs> Some of them school. are even repeatable. I remember at my school, edit it out. It, it's never good to employ caretakers, really, or in serious roles. Because I remember in my junior school, our caretaker was a particularly dodgy-looking bloke, and we were told never to go into the caretaker's hut with him on his own. So he really wouldn't have been suitable for running a football club, <laughs> you know. Or it makes someone says, look at that John Carver bloke at Newcastle. You know, he may well still think he's the best manager in the world, but one point out of, what is it, 30? Says otherwise. And, uh, no, um, no, 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 no. That quote has been taken out of all context. He said, I'm the best manager for Newcastle at the moment. Right. Um, Not that he was the best manager ever. He was just okay. emphasising the fact that they didn't have anybody else. All right. Well, you're, you're yeah. looking at your caretaker analogy. Are you suggesting that Sherwood's a nonce? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's libelous. I had nothing to no, do with that statement. I, I, I think it's fair to say that Sherwood looks like a nonce. Yeah, that's very fair. But he does, does, not, but he does he look exactly like a nonce. But there's, does, no, he, there's no evidence to suggest that he is. If an adult puts say, an arm around me. That's the oh, first God. sign of trouble, in my opinion. I, I would like to start a national petition to get our Carol Haywood's portraits of the said nonce-looking Sherwood wearing that little tam shanty and, uh, you know, doing that slitting thing across his throat with his, with his sort of... I don't know what that face is, really. It's a peculiar face. I want that put in the National Portrait Gallery. So hopefully if we get a petition started this time next year when Timmy's been sacked from Aston Villa. At least he'll have that. He'll still have his portrait in the National Gallery. Wouldn't that be oh. nice? Well, to be fair, they've still got a game to play. They have. And do you know what? Isn't it great? It doesn't affect us anymore. It doesn't. And it's on all day. It is on the BBC. Good old-fashioned FA Cup Saturday yeah. or Sunday except or whatever. For, except for the is. fact that it's going to kick off at five o'clock or half past five, which isn't so traditional. And oh, Javad. <laughs> no, no one's happy, are they? No one's happy. It's because there's other markets now. You've got to look further abroad, expand your horizons. You know, Bollocks. we're not just a little island now. This is an international product. Bollocks. It's That's still the, the FA Cup that should yeah, be played but, at three o'clock on a Saturday. Garlic, What's going to be on Chris? BBC One at three p.m.? Uh, East what, so what was so important that the FA Cup had to be moved to five thirty? It's going to be it's going to be the build up. So it's it's. I don't think they're putting anything different. Um, They've got got a special FA Cup edition of pointless. But but for for whatever reason, for commercial reasons, or or, or, or because we need to um, the the FA need to attract a a wider audience, it's been moved to five o'clock. But but to be honest, that doesn't actually make much sense because the early games, Premier League games, kick off at 
half past 12 and that's supposedly to attract um, a different sort of audience so I don't know it should be at three o'clock anyway bringing it back to Tottenham what difference does it make that what, it's at three o'clock what difference does it make that it's at three just because, because it always traditional to... yes because it's traditional oh god at least oh. I don't know okay all you stick in the mud die hard dinosaur bongo brains Get anyway as long as, as long as Villa win and Arsenal don't I'll be happy um, yeah. Bringing it back to Tottenham, our beloved club. So, as I was saying, that's um, six seasons on on the trot that we that we've finished um, in the top six. Um, mm. And I think John's right. I think we, we've got a stable base to build upon. And if you look at the teams above us, um, if you take United and Arsenal, whilst they've been more consistent than us, and ultimately that's what that is the big problem. That is the big problem, but. If you look at the golf, the footballing golf between them and us, it's not as big as it was a few years ago. So I don't think that with a few players here and a few players there and a bit more consistency over the course of next season, you know, it's, bear in mind it's Potter's first full season. Um, if he can build upon what we've already ch- achieved this season, there's no reason why we can't hopefully start to get that consistency and and start challenging for the top four. I don't think it's right. beyond the realms. If we can get consistency, we will be in the top four. I think that's a fact. Because it's the, it's the ridiculous displays against clubs that we should be walking over. I know, well, maybe, maybe there are no clubs in the Premier League that you should walk over, but there are certainly that's... games that we should win. You know, there, there are games that we should have won at home and we've lost. And if we can get some consistency, we will be in the top four. It's that simple. Well, it's not that simple, though, because that same set of results happened to Manchester United as well. They didn't get beaten by the top four clubs, I don't think, yet. All the games that they lost were against yeah, they're, the they're, they're a very much transitional club at the moment. Very similar to uh, us, I think. New manager, uh, and it's their old hmm. guard moving out. And thus, you defeat your own arguments, because the fact they won't be transitional for long. Uh, none of the other clubs. If you look, if you think of yourself like, if you think of Tottenham like a, a hunting, predatory, uh, big cat on the big plains of the savannas, right? Um, what are they going to be looking out for? The weakest. Now, of the four clubs above us, which ones are weak? Um, you can't say Chelsea are. They're pretty settled already. You can't say Manchester City are because, um, well, you, I suppose you can, but, but they've kept the same core of players for quite a long time now, even though they had a, quite a high turnover of staff. And Arsenal, unless Wenger gets a heart attack, you know, which they're going to fall off a precipice when he goes, and I'm very much looking forward to that. But um, <laughs> Liverpool are the Liverpool are the weak gazelles, and they've already been picked off, really. I, I think, think both United and and Arsenal um, have got chimes in their armour that they're both defensively um, weak. As big as ours. They, sorry. As big as our as big as our weaknesses, or um, and that they they'll have more money than we will to to spend. Yeah, but it's not about so how, Southampton we... showed this last season. It's yeah. not how much money you have. It's about how wisely you spend yeah, it. And absolutely. everybody expected Southampton to fall apart this season. And a number of people were quoting that they would get relegated. And look where they finished. Well, look look how the players that they sold have performed. Not very well. Isn't it funny? Uh-huh. Yeah. Especially the ones that went to Liverpool. I, I suppose yeah, what, I'm, so what, what I'm saying about those, cl- about those clubs is, yes, they've got the resources, um, but given those resources, they should actually pull away and be much further above us and and really be challenging for the title. But neither Arsenal or United look as formidable as one, as they once were. So to that to that end, I think we can catch them. 
but it's a big if, um, you know, and, and we do need that consistency. Um, which and the f- reason we've been catching up is because we've been doing a jolly good job uh, with the finances and resources that we have. So we've been play- we've been playing a batting above our our average already. Well, That's I think we've had a we've had a particularly good year with youth coming through. That's not yeah. going to happen every year. You know, we've no. got to be realistic with that. Um, but this year, with Kane, Mason, uh, Bentaleb to an extent, although the saviour Timmy did introduce him to the first team, and we have to thank him for that. Um, that's not going to happen every year. You know, yes, next year we're going to have Pritchard. Um, I think he's going to make a big impact. I think he'll settle into the Premier League very well. Um, but generally, you're not going to have uh, the youth coming through. So we are going to have to be gambling on, uh, like I said earlier, 10 to 15 million pound imports. They might settle, they might not. But I'm happy that we're not buying 30 million pound players because, as we've seen, that doesn't always work. And an in- another interesting stat there is that we're the only team in the Premiership to have had three players score 10 or more goals, which is interesting, isn't it, in a way? Bensleg, mm. um, Kane and um, uh, Ericsson. So... Those three aren't. Chadley, you mean? Chadley. Sorry, Chadley. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, not Benzler. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, you could add good. Lamella to that next next season. Yeah. I think and I think he'll really hit the ground. Yeah, Dali Ali as well. <coughs> I, yeah. I think we need. I think we. The problem is with with um, always having one up front is no one else gets a run, do they? And that's the problem. So I'm really looking forward to Europe because it, like Harry Kane, emerged this time last year through Europe. I'm hoping that some of our new signings will quickly catch onto things and uh, show themselves in Europe, and we'll have a whole load of players wanting to get into the first team, which is about all we can ask for, really, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think um, Josh and Nomaha would um, have some runouts in the Europa maybe? I think certainly, possibly. I think I think I think some of the young. Players will will certainly get their chance, but if you look at if you look at Pochettino, he's 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 treat he's taken the Euro, Europa quite seriously. He's never done a Harry um, and fielded a team of um, of entirely young players, but um, he's still he's give he's given one or two players on the fringe like Mason and Kane that chance. So I think maybe one or two that are that might be ready for the first team might get that opportunity, but I'm, I'm sure it won't be a whole scale um, sort of Harry type thing when, when Harry, Harry, Harry was manager, where, where he fills with the young, youngsters completely. I, I thought that was our downfall actually, when we had the mishmash of taking a few first teamers and a few um, youth players, and not really deciding which we were going to do. Were we going to play the first team or were we going to take the youngsters? And it was a mishmash and it didn't really work for me. And I think that's why we got knocked out. Mm. We, sh- we should have, at that stage, we should have taken the whole first team. Maybe play the kids in the group stage. But... I guess it's, it's difficult. It's one of those, you're, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If you play your strongest eleven on a Thursday and then mm-hmm. lose on the Sunday, yeah, true. then you get sick from the fans. Um, one, one thing's for sure, I think the fact that we've got Europa as well as Premier League and obviously domestic cup competitions 
we'll have lots of games and I think that's a good thing and if if you're winning those games then players are happy players aren't tired when you when you're winning matches it's when when you're not playing football um, and when you're losing games that, that players feel tired and I, I think if you if you go back to earlier this season when we were, we were in several competitions and we were winning games players want to as long as you're winning they want to keep playing football so um, yeah i think it's when we started losing that everything fell apart yeah and that's when you start for that reason yeah you start to mentally feel tired and and lethargic i think i think part of that was a, a sign of the squad's callow youth in a way because we played a cup final and and we lost and and then they they didn't seem to be able to recover from that Whereas I think a few older heads in the squad would have been able to, to sort of say, well, you know, let's let's go onwards and upwards and get that top four. Mm. I think we kind of lost sight of uh, things for a while and we lost our momentum completely. But equally, and it's what I've said before, we don't have a strong captain. Maybe a strong captain would have pulled mm. us through that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And it is one of the weaknesses, I suppose you could say, um, Potocino, um, Gabe Adebayor, and uh, Kabul, the captaincy, as a kind of a way of inviting them into the fold and saying, "Here you are, prove you you're uh, you're capable of the job." But didn't work. And and from being a political uh, choice for captain, we don't really have anyone who naturally stands out yet. I don't think as a, as a natural. I, yeah, I don't agree with having a uh, goalkeeper as a captain. You should yeah, need a cap- you should need you should have a captain who can approach the ref. And if yeah. an incident happens outside your own half, then the goalkeeper has to run up to the ref. You know, this is this is based on the rule that has sort of been disregarded about uh, only the captain can approach the ref. Mm. And I know that has gone by the by the wayside, but um, I just don't see any benefit in having a captain in goal. I think it it probably. So two things with that. I think obviously in in history there have been cases. You've had Dino's off. Um, you've got Casillas recently. So there have been successful um, teams that have had goal, goalkeepers and uh, as captains. But yeah, but they're particularly so, strong teams anyway. They were, yeah. And I I think in in our case, I think part of the problem is we haven't had that that um, apparent choice on the field. So in a way, it's like well. There's nobody there really who can who can do it, so I might as well give it to Lloris because he's, you know, he's a regular. He does it for team. France. Yeah, that sort of thing. I think going forwards, the person who can captain Spurs is Bentaleb. Mm. Yeah. Bentaleb, or however the hell you want to pronounce Bentaleb. it. Bentaleb. Nabil. Um, he's, <laughs> no. he's got he's got qualities. Um, I can see him. He, he seems to be the most vocal. Or maybe uh, Mason. Not sure Mason will get much more game That's time, in thing, all honesty. Yeah. Because yeah. mm. he's really fallen off the, these last couple of games. Mm. I think he'll certainly have a big part to play next season in terms of the squad. But um, He's certainly got the fire in his belly, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he... What was it? I, I remember weeks ago, before the cup final... Um, you said something like he would he would get a yellow card um, for the team against Chelsea. Um, he's he's a sort of player that would you know get stuck in and, and put, put his neck on the line. Yeah, 
Um, and he's not phased by that. That's for him. I think that's part of the way he plays. If it's if that's what's needed, then not recklessly, but a very deliberate. I'll take a yellow card. I'll do something that will get me a yellow, but it will stop the flow of the game for the opposition. And I think he's quite happy to do that. And we need a few more players like that. Players who are willing to take a card to break the game up instead of being nice. But we've got a lot more bookings. I think we got we were in the top three in terms of bookings in uh, reds and yellows, weren't we, for this season? Yeah, but half of the red cards were Fazio's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other thing about that we have to bear in mind as well is that it's not that easy to turn corners when you're when you're in when you're the chairman of a football club it's a bit like steering a tanker i mean we still seem to be filtering through baldini signings uh, although everyone you know operates from the same base of knowledge which is the press so it's difficult to tell so it's only going to be in the next window that we really see proper evidence of, of which way we're we're moving yeah. really i think so it's gonna be very interesting and uh, eternal hope always next season and all that but we, it really does look promising in terms of who we've got in the squad now anyway i mean it looks really interesting doesn't it uh, mm-hmm. i'd like to see another defender in, and another attacker and, and I'd, I'd, like john says i'd like to see that midfielder that can carry the ball and not get knocked off it do you know what i mean Someone who makes a bit of space and can control the situation and knock the ball quickly because we, we, our transition from defending to attack is still slow because they seem to part. Instead of taking the initiative and getting that quick ball, accurate ball through, they sort of tink the ball to each other and then it's too late. We, we yeah, need I, someone I, who's. I think, that, I think that's down to confidence. And that's, I yeah, think that's always been a problem with Spurs the confidence. If, if they're confident, mm. then they smash the other team. Well, it's also if you're surrounded by they play left to right. If you're surrounded by a bunch of Mardi buggers who are going to get in your back every time a wayward pass goes astray, you know you're not going to be quite so keen on knocking the Hollywood fifty-yard ball, are you? Really? I think I'd be interested to see next season both Deli Alley and Pritchard and the impact they can have on the team. Um, can they be that? They're both fairly young players. Um, from what I've seen, both of them, albeit um, at a lower level, they seem to have that zip and speed of thought. Um, whether they can transfer that to the Premier League is another matter. I, I saw Pritchard in a few youth games uh, at White Hart Lane, and that this was maybe three years ago or something like that. And even then, I thought he's he's amazing. He's a special player and I really do think that he will be able to settle in on the Premier League no problem you know one of the things that we've been missing is um, is players that can ping the ball into the box we never seem to get the ball into the box we used to have Huddleston for that yeah and it would be nice to have a couple because Deli Ali looks looks, if anything just as good I think okay but 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 I was so I was looking at this yesterday, and I noticed a few times Ben's lab was out on the left, and Nabil, Nabil, he was out on the left, and he was he was looking to put a ball in the box, and I looked up in the box, and I saw how he came there, yeah, and I saw several Everton defenders in there as well, 
I didn't yeah. see much else. So are we getting bodies in the box? Because I think for quite a while, if you go back to even when AV, AVB was manager, we don't seem to be getting bodies in the box. Yeah. Well, and the thing, and that's the problem, isn't it, with only playing one striker? Because he is the main man for everything, for both for us and also the side we're playing. And especially mm. given the season that he's had, the minute Harry Kane goes anywhere, there's two, three players on him already. Yeah. And it's going to be worse next season. Yep, absolutely. However. Okay, so um, normally we, we look ahead to the next game, but obviously we're not, there isn't a. Um, a match next week um so we've got lots of questions we've had lots of questions from from listeners so we'll try to get through as many of those as possible i'm going to start off with um one which we ask every week um which is from andrew pelling who asks how you got bitten by the tottenham bug now i've asked liam this before and i've asked mm. rebecca this so john what, what was the point at which you became a tottenham fan uh, it, it was i guess it was a, just a commercial thing um, I was an Arsenal fan in my inform- uninformative years, um, sort of six to seven. Um, and I think on my seventh birthday, I asked for a kit and they said, well, we're a Spurs family. This is my parents. They said, we're a Spurs family. You're not getting an Arsenal kit. <laughs> the only way you're going to get kit is if you become a Spurs fan. So I did, <laughs> <laughs> and that's Excellent. the way that's the way yeah. seven-year-olds think. Brilliant. Um, good. And something that I think is fairly poetic is that one my, my wife's cousin has two twins, who when when they were seven, I converted one of them. He's a, he's an Arsenal fan, and both of the boys were Arsenal fans. And when he was seven, I converted him to Spurs. I think it was when we played the 9-1 against Wigan. Wow. And ever since, he's been a Spurs hated fan. Hated you. No, no, okay. Yeah, the, yeah, the, <laughs> the father hates me, yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit about him. <laughs> but, um, so, initially, it was, I, I need a kit. I, the only way I'm going to get it is if I'm a Spurs fan. So I became a Spurs fan, and that's how it happened. And you've not looked not looked back since. I've not looked back since. I'm I'm never going to change. Um, I take the rough with the rough, with the even rougher, and um, <laughs> and enjoy the rare smooths when they come. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, um, we've had a few questions from tw- Twitter. Um, at 80 underscore Spurs asks, is Soldado the biggest transfer flop in our history? The, the most costly, certainly. Yeah, has to be, doesn't he, by that definition alone? Well, see, yeah, I guess so. I was thinking uh, Rebrov. I was going to say so, Rebrov, but, but it's, but it, yes, it's the most costly, but relative to exactly. if you where, look at where how we are much now. The money was worth when we signed Rebrov. Was it twelve million or something, or twelve yeah. eleven million? So at that time, it was it was quite a bit. So I think between the two of them, I still prefer to have Soldado than Rebrov. But it's, I've often I, thought that Soldado could be utilised in other areas of the pitch. He is always yeah. an inch, half an inch away. Yeah, He's I think a very we've just clever player. Him. At another club, he he would shine. 
but he's a nice bloke. He's as well, just had he? really bad luck. Yeah, I didn't get this. Is a nice bloke. I never got any feelings about Red Rob at all. Really, I just thought, oh, he's not doing it, and yeah. you know, he was he, his personality didn't really shine through in the his, same his way. His hobby was CB radio. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. What an interesting bloke. Um, so, no, I, 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 so in that case, I'll definitely go for Mr. Ebrov being, because I think at, at that time, that money was worth more. If that yeah, makes with sense. inflation and so on. I think well, and the other thing is, everybody, the, the theory is that Soldado cost us 26. But then there's a lot of things coming out to say subsequently, you know, and with, in light of the whole Baldini, is he going saga? It was actually much less than that. The 26 was a maximum based on top-ups. So if we did only pay 13 for him, then definitely Red Rob is the most costly player we've ever had. Red Rob came in with a bigger reputation at the time. Um, It was him and... um, Shevchenko. Shevchenko, and there was another one, the the lad that played at Arsenal, the right-back. Arshavin. Lusny? Oh, gosh, of him was bad. Oleg Lusny, yeah. Oleg Lusny, that's the one, yeah. Um, they were, they came in with a big reputation at the time. So, for me, Rebroff, really. I mean, Soldado... Soldado, yeah, cost what he cost. But he wasn't the number one striker in Spain. You had other players uh, like Villa and Torres, for instance, ahead of him in the pecking order. So... Um, whereas Rebroff was, was apparently quite... we were close to signing the weren't we? Yeah, that was another one that that would have been dust. so cool. Okay, so um, somebody called at n seventeen underscore Spurs asks another average season. Is the team improving? Our season seems to end March April every every year. Does the board really care? Now, to be honest, um, I wasn't quite sure what he meant by that, but reading between the lines, I presume he mean, means that maybe, you know, did, should the board have spent money in January so that we don't end up in that situation where come March, April, we we can't push on. Really? Where is the guarantee that the player you buy in January is going to slot into the team perfectly well and improve the team? Yeah, where given, is that guarantee? Given the we issues haven't had with it. buying people in January. Yeah, but but equally, we don't have that guarantee with people we buy in over the summer, where we've got a long time to kind of bring them in, get them settled, get them used to the team. I've, I'd, I'd, I think that, yeah, if, if that's what he means, then I think that, yeah, you're right. Um, there's no guarantee that they would A, settle in, and, and B, the thing, thing with the January transfer window, which really frustrates me when fans go on about oh, we should we should have been more active in the January transfer window. Firstly, I'm sure as a club we try to be, but it's just so much more difficult to do business in that window because... Yeah, halfway through the season, yeah, who's yeah. going to sell their player? Look at, the, look at the bollocks that entails then a certain Torres and Mr Carroll going for vast sums of money, huge amounts of cash, and then completely never delivered. I would cite the example of Alex Ferguson and look at when he was managing United and look at the amount of players that came in the January transfer window. And there were very few that came through through the door then. The ones that did, A, didn't go on to, to, to achieve um, anything and, and were forgotten about quickly. The Probably the exceptions I can think of were um, uh, Evra and Vidic, both of whom only kicked on the following season. They didn't make an instant impact. So... Um, 
I'm sure the board does care, but you know. Um, I, sure I think it's... maybe it's got something to do with the competitions we're in around that time, and we tend to get knocked out of those competitions around that time. So you get a bit deflated. Well, we were already out of the FA Cup by then. Okay. <laughs> but this we year. Were, we were still in the League Cup and the Europa. Yeah, yeah. And the Premier League. Mm. I, ha- I have noticed that every March we do seem to have a completely barren spell. It does always seem to be the way. It's odd. But as to whether the board cares, of course the board cares. I'd liken it to a kind of a poker tournament. You know, you don't go all in with your chips. I do. You, you just... Yeah. <laughs> but I always did you lose. win, John? Yeah. No, never, never. <laughs> but you know, you can you can go all in, but it's a risky business, and it's not the kind of risk that you want to take. Really, what you want to do is is accrue slowly, and then when the time is right, take advantage of various situations that come your way, and that's all you can do is not make any mistakes. They try not to make mistakes, so though hopefully it would have eliminated a lot of them now with Paul Mitchell and his scientific brand of uh, selecting I've, players. I've never been a fan of Enoch, but mm, I will defend now. They seem like they are finally getting their act together. Yeah, I, I agree. I have, hope, I have hopes for the future. I've mm. never been a fan of David David Levy, Daniel Levy either, but um, I always thought that it's that his tenure really stood or fell as uh, when the stadium got done and it seems to be getting done now so fair enough he's got away with it you know and good luck to him do you know what I quite like the fact that our chairman is a Spurs supporter he's not been parachuted in he hasn't just swan you know he's not some money bags who will flash up he doesn't want to change the shirt colour he doesn't want to change the crest he doesn't want to change anything else about that except to make us a successful team true yeah Yeah, you you have to uh, accept that he's He's certainly a Spurs fan. Yeah, um, and I like that about him. Yeah, I'm not saying he's perfect, but oh, so that, is, that is a big. It could be worse. I wouldn't snog him at a party, but oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe with up to a few bottles, I might. Yeah. God, why wouldn't you think of the dip value? Um, what value? Sorry, storytelling. <laughs> I just, I'd, I'd be haunted by the memories. It's not the kind of story you'd ever want to tell anyone. Depends how much you have to drink. <laughs> I've, I've got so many memories. If I was haunted by them, I'd be fucked. <laughs> okay, so um, something we discussed on the pod last week. Ali Hassan um, asked a week ago about um, whether playing free at the back would would um, improve our defence. Now we've we've had two matches on the spin. Obviously, we've won both games and we've kept clean sheets. Um, and we discussed it last week on the pod, and I, a few of us didn't think it was a good, good idea. I, I discussed it, I and a few others discussed it further with Nikki Merritt on Friday when she was in, in town, um, and it was quite interesting because we, we were using wine glasses and, and various other glasses and wallets and phones and keys and whatnot to... Um, Illustrate each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that because when I put the keys on 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 the, on the, on the table, that's, that's, that's always through my sign, mind. Um, but no, that didn't happen. Um, and if it did, that that's not going to be revealed on the pod. Um, but we, we 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 used all of that to illustrate um, a back three and and uh, formations and, and whatnot. And I, I still wasn't convinced. She argued why it would work, and I argued why it wouldn't. Um, so Ali Hassan asked. Um, 
do you think the fact that we played with a back three yesterday, did, did we look more fluent and do we want to credit him um, for suggesting it a week ago? Now, <laughs> I was at the game yesterday and I was I had a fa- fairly low vantage point, so I, I didn't have that sort of aerial view that one gets if you're further up in the stadium or if you're watching it on TV. But I, I don't think we played with a back three. Um, to, it looked like, to me, Dyer was at right back, Vertonghen and Fazio were in the centre and Bentalab was sort of covering at left back. Nabil. Nabil. Okay. Did so, we play with back three? I haven't seen any of the game because I couldn't get a stream yesterday and I got to that point about 20 minutes through the game and thought, that's it. <laughs> Can't find a decent stream. I'm not playing anymore. and went off to do something else. And the edited highlights of the match of the day are not that great. One I thought, I thought One Nabil was... Cody. That's all I'm going to say on it. On the matter. Cody. Cody, yes. Contact me if you need tech support. I will get you up and running on free Sky Sports, BT Sports, three o'clock Saturday games, whatever you want. And it's all legal. Yeah. Okay. Well, stop fucking moaning that you can't get a stream. (laughs) I I couldn't. Shut up. Um, I've got Sky Sports, and I did look for a stream and still couldn't find one, so stop. So anyway, what was your expert opinion, seeing as you must have watched the game? I don't uh, have an expert what? opinion because I'm not an expert. <laughs> what was your opinion, nonetheless? Um, I thought we bossed the game in the first half. Um, in the second half, it was a bit more laborious, but um, we got the job done. And that's as far as I go. Okay, but was it a back three or a back four? I didn't have a fucking clue. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I, I read an article today that praised, um, uh, I think it was n- n- uh, Mr. Bentlab himself. Who's, who, <laughs> who, who, Give it up. Um, it's a bad job, John. I think, I think he, 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 he admitted that he did a, you know, a good job at left back or something like that. So the fact that it came from the horses now suggests that we did play with the bat four. So moving along, um, I'm not going to give you any credit, Ali, but thank you for suggesting it and, and for it being a point of discussion on the podcast. Jess Nichol asks, what do we need to improve um, next season and will Poch still be our manager this time next year um, Jess, Jess Nickel is it Jesse yeah it's Jess Nickel not Jesse oh. no and he will t- he will make the point if it's it's very much Jess okay I'll, I, I was calling him Jesse all on a try all Friday night I think he's gonna, lo- he's gonna love listening to this it's Jess okay <laughs> It'll always be a Jesse to me. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a Jesse. Maybe he was too polite to tell you, Liam, on Friday. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think Potts will still be here next season. Yeah. I don't see any reason why he won't be. Um, as to what do we need? We need our current players to stay. We need Hugo not to go swanning off to United because the press thinks that that's the best place for him to go. We need a captain and we need a bit of consistency as I think John said earlier yeah how do you get consistency then stop playing shit so play the same team no because I'm sure they've played the same team at one game and won it like like a boss and then then they play like a bunch of spastics yeah how does that work? <laughs> I think Why? That... That's the most infuriating thing for me. Yeah. Well, 
It was. But it, it has been potted. No offence to spat, spatters, by the way. It has. It has been um, Potter's first season. One taken, one taken. <laughs> it has, and there's a. I have a running joke with a friend of mine that he, he's a City fan, so you, I never know, never known all this season which half City we're going to turn up for, because they've been really Jekyll and Hyde. Um, but actually, we're not that much better. You never know what Spurs team is going to turn up. That's true. You can look at the names and you can look at the team sheet and you think, oh, okay, this should be okay. And then it's not. No, that's been the case for the last 10 years. You, you never know which <laughs> Spurs team is going to turn up. The thing is that our season didn't start until about November when it sort of coincided with the Harry Kane. Harry Kane, but also... It was the Stoke loss, wasn't it? It was the Stoke loss, yeah, after that. And then suddenly you started seeing a pattern and a group of players playing consistently. It's going to consistent... I can't say the word. Playing together on a regular basis. So, for instance, you had Vertonghen and and Fafio forming a partnership. Whereas earlier in the season, you had Kabul at one point, and then you had Vertonghen, and it was in and out. So, you know, come next season, Poch is going to have that full first season. He's got a measure of the players. He knows which ones. Um, he knows, for instance, that Danny Rose um, is a Poch player. Um, he knows that that um, player of the season for me. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Rose, Mason, um, Mr. Nabil, uh, <laughs> Harry Kane, for example, and he knows which ones aren't. And and he's going to add to that. He's going to start to bring his own players in, um, and all of that. Just you know, over time, just that sort of familiarity, players, his players playing with each other is hopefully going to make us that more a better, but as we as we said, consistent. Can I just throw in a, a sort of left field question um, mm. or a uh, question? Uh, a friend of mine was um, managing a charity team at White Hart Lane on Friday night and he spoke to Paul Coit and uh, the operations manager, I don't remember his name, but they said that Poch doesn't do pre-match team talks or half-time team talks. That just seems a bit odd to me. So nobody from the coaching staff? Does that do the team do it? it? He leaves it to his deputy. Okay. That worries me. You need a manager. You need an Al Pacino to raise your team to fight. Um, I think that okay. So if we look at it in the traditional sense, yeah. But you know, if you if you look at football now, and um, look, we've got lots of continental coaches. Um, it things might be different. Um, it it might be commonplace, for instance, for for the assistant to to give that team talk. Um, didn't wasn't there a situation earlier this season, or maybe it was last season, where? Mourinho didn't give a team talk, and somebody else did. One of his one of the, his other backroom staff. So, um, I'm sure the players still know who his boss. And I'm not sure Harry used to do that all the time either. Mm. Actually, didn't he? Used to, didn't hadn't he previously sent Joe Jordan in? It's possible. Could be. Um, it just seems a bit odd to me. Yeah, I think I maybe that aligns with Poch and his. I'm a head coach. Apparently, he's a very private person. So shy, I assume. 
He doesn't get changed in front of the rest of the team. He's got a small cock thing. <laughs> he's got his own little manager's cubicle that he gets changed. <laughs> but maybe that's... that's... <laughs> Flush now. Um, maybe that's his um, his way of coping. Is that... Because to... And I'm sure you've all done this before, is to have any position of responsibility and yet stay on side and maintain that level of responsibility is a really hard thing to do. And, you know, if, you, if, you're, if, if you're a foreign manager anyway and your grasp of English isn't the best, wouldn't it naturally fall to, you know, one of the players? I'm always hearing of Wayne Rooney giving the team talk. Or no, blah, apparently blah, blah, blah. the guy who gives the speech at half-time is a guy called Jimenez. Oh, okay. Doesn't sound very English. Yeah, no. but he might he might have a better grasp of English, for instance, than Poch. I'm not I'm not suggesting that Poch has, speaks poor English, but I'm just saying that, that, that the other He's, chap. He, he sounds like he can play a mean guitar to me. He I, might I, just I, I, I suggest he he goes in midfield. To be honest. <clears throat> Why not give him a go? Give him a give him a tell him to run around a bit. We'll see how good he is. <laughs> Show a bit of passion. Yeah. And that bit, that that space, like Bentelab bloke as well. What's he? What's he called, Javi? Space lad. Oh God, I don't know the name of these players in days. In my no, in my days, it was Smith and Davis with the old, I don't know, the old, the old um, uh, Campbell thrown in. Now we've got space lad. Don't mention that word. We've got a question on, on, on later later on in the pod about um, which players, apart from the aforementioned, do we really detest? But we, we, we... John Terry. That yeah. was pretty obvious, isn't it? Yeah. John Terry, uh, all the way. Yeah. Although I did hear yesterday that he's played every minute of every league game this season. How old is he? 34? Who cares? Who cares? Well, no, no, Who cares? no, no, no. I just think. I know that. I, um, we said that previously, and I think mm. that's where Liam won the award for most swearing you can do on a podcast was the subject yeah. of a certain Mr. Terry. But I think I'm, that's I'm that's the kind, character. <laughs> that's the kind of player you want. No, I don't want a John Terry. No, 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 no. Type of player, not type of person. Type of player. Type of okay. player. Yes, absolutely. But that's yeah. the sort of player we need. But you know what? I, I was without the personal I was, shit. I was mm. with. The wife's cousin the other day, watching oh, yeah. an Arsenal game, and Wiltshire came on, Oof. and he's mm. like, "Come on, Jackie!" And oh, I said, "Dear, do you know what sort of person he is?" Jackie, oh, yeah, oh, you know what I mean. Shit. And I said, hey, "The man is scum." You know, his wife, odious, his, odious little cunt wipe. Yeah. Is is sister glass someone in the face? He, he snorts coke on a regular basis. The man is a scumbag. And personally, I wouldn't want a player like that at Spurs. No, no agreed. The, the sort of player that we want is a Graham Roberts type player. Mm. Somebody who would who, who would go through brick walls. Well, they probably don't Bruce. exist nowadays, do they? I don't think they can yeah. with the way the game is. It's changed a bit since those days. Well, there aren't any brick balls anymore. Yeah, it won't. Because it's the whole tackling and, you know, things that you can and can't do. And I, I, I really thought Kaboom would that. be our, our, um, our Vieira, if you like. Yeah. And I'm, um, that's another concern of mine, that Pochettino has his favourites and he'll strike someone from the records 
Kapoor's in the French speaking group of um, I'm gonna yeah. go and I, sit I, over I, there and not I, do what the teacher tells me. I think it's um, a bit of a worry that he's a great player and he hasn't been given time just because he sided with the wrong team. Yeah, it's like or, Big Brother or something, isn't it? To be fair, if I was the skipper, if I was the, the manager, I wouldn't want a dissenting voice either no, in my changing room. I wouldn't yeah, want but, somebody who's going to sit there and go, well, you know, if it was up to me, I'd do it like this. You don't want that. Yeah, no, you've but got to be ruthless. what about the thought of Capu could be Arviera. Yeah, he could be, but that is on whose terms is that? Is that on his terms or well, on Poch's terms? Could could Poch turn him round and say, "Look, son, you got a future here. I think you've, ju- you've just really got tried. to fuck your ideas up. You've you got to fuck off, Addy, because he's a cunt." Yeah. And we want a new Capu. The new Capu. Yeah, what we need yes. <laughs> Um, if we if we must do comparisons with Patrick Vieira, then um, Mr. Nabil is our Patrick Vieira, I think. Um, he's got that drive. Um, and Kapue, I wasn't impressed with his attitude last season when he came when he came back from injury and he looked like he'd been eating pork pies and and Mars bars and he looked a bit tubby. So uh, he can fuck off, frankly. Have you seen a man who eats pork pies and is tubby? Because that's me. <laughs> and he looked nothing like me. Well, he looked okay. Well, relative to his previous body weight, he looked body fat. Even he looked a bit tubby um, for a professional footballer when he came back from injury. And it, I, uh, yeah. To get on to important matters, um, it's nice to be speaking to a self-confessed tubby person. Uh, yeah. I was I've often wanted to ask this of a, a Tottenham Hotspur tubby fatty. fan. Um, no, not not fatty. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far. Are you? Go your photo far. was your photo was lovely with your wife today, and congratulations Thank on you. your your anniversary. I thought it was a lovely touch. Thank anyway, I've, I've, um, I've, I've, I've um, that, done very well getting the, getting that far. Yeah, she looks realizing like that I'm a complete cunt. <laughs> she looks like she's got the patience of a saint. Anyway, has, yeah. now that I've done the compliment, uh, here we go. As a fat person, or someone who is probably not clinically obese, but maybe not that far off it, I'm do you wear? Do you wear the new tops, the figure-hugging tops? No. And if so, you don't. Absolutely would you wear, not. Would you wear a top that was perhaps slightly more accommodating to those of a more hungry nature? <laughs> Very complimentary. Uh, yes, I, I go for the 62 away top with John White's number eight on the back. Yeah, I didn't have it's a choice. It's very though, accommodating. Though. <laughs> I got one out. Well, it's there almost you go. They're flattering. Missing, they're, they're missing a trick, aren't they? They should have a sportsman's kit, which is just like the uh, the eleven kit, and then they should have like a kind a of an accommodate. Yeah, a fat guy kit without yeah. it being anything. You know, totally. Missing, like, yeah. Fuck, Can you imagine how many just... fat people haven't bought yeah. the latest Spurs shirt because You've they know it's going to be figure hugging? Yeah. <laughs> it's a. I think there's massive potential there. Yeah, there's a I think, big market there. Uh, Liam, I think when you finish copping off with Mr. Levy at the party, you should you should you should, you should whisper that in his ear because there's, there, there's a marketing opportunity there, and 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 obviously he likes to bring in the I've money. A, so I've got a very vivid imagination, and the problem is with the scenario, to borrow a Glenn Hoddle expression, of uh, the Daniel Levy 
at a party scenario, snogging Daniel Levy at a party, probably on the stairs, right? Levy? This is, this is yeah, Levy, Levy, yeah. Levy? Yeah. Um, uh, Levy, Daniel Levy, Daniel Levy, snogging him on the stairs. Problem is, right, it's that first of all, you think about it, right, it's the tongue. Something horrible about that tongue. He'd have a lot of tongue action and those thin lips. It would just be like horrible. And then just when you're trying to hope to get into it, you put your hand on the back of his head, trying to run your hand through his hair. There's nothing there. It's like you're snogging Nosferatu. How it's much like time have you been thinking Nosferatu. about this? Nosferatu. <laughs> Why is your pronunciation? Jesus Christ mate. It's Nosferatu. Yeah, I know. The problem is I've gained all my knowledge from reading, you see. So I've, I've got all these words, but you I just don't, don't necessarily how know how to put Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fair play. Okay. Let, okay, let's, let's move swiftly on because we've got quite a few questions and only so much time to, 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 to address them. So Neil, Andrew Roberts asks, <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you expect to see from a Poch team next season? What will be deemed a successful season? Isn't that Neil Andrew Roberts? What did I say? Andrew Roberts. Okay, well, Neil Andrew Roberts, my apologies. Okay. Sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, what will be deemed a, a successful season? So I think that um, top four, really. Yeah, I want top four. Okay, top four, so yeah. If we finish fifth next season, is that then deemed a failure? Because us achieving top four isn't just what we do. No, I don't think it's as binary as that. It's not just no. success or failure. I know, I'm, I'm just you know, playing devil's no, advocate. Yeah. What happens I, if? I agree. I agree. Um, I think, if for we, example... If we don't achieve top four, then that means we finish fifth. Yeah. And that won't necessarily be a failure of a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think to, to maintain top five, to maintain where we are, given that everybody around us will, will, will strengthen, and I think, um, Liam, you said this on a a couple of weeks ago that, that, that it's quite possible the the evidence of this world and you know they might come back a bit stronger um so it, you don't think so no <laughs> there's always one team there's always one team like a Everton yeah, or a Villa or a Stoke or a Swansea possibly Southampton I, I, even I think um, I think Everton are fucked I think um Southampton or maybe Swansea they could be challenging for top four or five but hopefully we're challenging for top four. Uh, going back again to that poker play, poker tournament scenario, right? The bottom line is we have to maintain our European presence yeah. and the, the, um, the amount of coverage that gives us and the amount of leverage that gives us with players. Mm-hmm. And so we cannot afford to contract. We have to keep mm-hmm. expanding. And that's really what a success is because everyone's trying to expand. We've just got to make sure we don't give any of our hard-earned space up. It's as simple as that, really. And sometimes it doesn't come down to places because, really, to be honest, you know, we finished fifth, but we could easily have finished sixth or seventh. And on that coin spin, almost is a is a is a difference between a success and a failure. So it's, a, it's yeah. kind of a bit silly to kind of judge it too much either way, really. But given more consistency, we would have finished fourth. Yeah, but this word consistency again, John. You know, I mean, that's, that's what the, mass, that's the big problem. Say, yeah. If we can get consistency. Do you remember when we were cons- when we had a nice run of uh, games and, under AVB? Well, AVB it, gave us consistency. He did, yeah, but so it was, it was dull as fuck. Yeah. yeah, I don't give a fuck. Was, 
You don't. Really? No. no. We should have given him time. The manager should have not lied to him and say, "Yes, I'm giving, I'm keeping bail." Yeah. And then yeah. lied to him and stabbed him in the back and sold bail from under him, and then given him a bunch of in? players who he didn't want. I. This is just my little dig. Saying, I think we could have succeeded with A V B. Maybe we would. Maybe we wouldn't. I think after that result, we we didn't really have a choice. Really, the whole thing was crumbling. And I think the other part of the problem, just to sorry to to finish what I was going to say, is how many of the players that came in were actually sold that same uh, fake deal that A V B was sold. Now, I often wonder whether Jan Vertonghen, for example, he, half the reason he looks so miserable is that he was told he was going to be playing with bloody Messi and <laughs> bloody Ronaldo. Yeah. I, I think certainly Ericsson and uh, Paulinho were told that they were going yeah. to be playing with Bale. Mm. Yeah. Feltado was the same to thing. To turn up and then you find out that Bale's been sold, that's going to yeah. hurt. Yeah. Okay, let, let's 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 just that's just depressing me. Let's bring it back to the present day. Um, Messi, Passy, sorry, have <laughs> <laughs> a crank. Messi, Passy asks, do you think being in Europa will hinder us? Um, have we got a large enough squad to play? We've, we've addressed that earlier. I'm not really gonna go into that. Um, somebody called Rebecca Braddock asks, if you could, Who? if you could have changed one thing this season, what would it have been and why? Hush up. Rebecca, what do you way. think? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good well, question. Well, there you go. There's a change. Um, I don't know. You get the obvious, aren't there? Something to change would have been, like we said months or twice, is the consistency level, because that would have got us top four. Would it have been a cup final win? Yeah, the cup final win mm. would have made a massive difference to our season, I think. Yeah. yeah. And we were so close, really. Yeah, it's about it's about the game's about trophies, and and whilst it's nice to finish fifth, um, I would have quite happily finished seventh or eighth. Yeah, for, um, in exchange and, and for a cup. For for, for a cup. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Meta Passi asks, do we think Larice will stay? We sort of talked about this on the pod last week. Um, I think it was. Um, I mean, Bex, you you mentioned that you think possibly he he might. Might be on his way out. Well, um, um, so apparently it's a, and I can't remember where I read it. It's really hard to keep track of all the crap you read online, isn't it? Somebody said it. Apparently, it's a long-held ambition of his to go and play for United, and the whole team knows about it. Who's that? Who said that? Larice. I don't, and that's what I'm saying. I, I can't remember where I read it, but that is, you know, it, that he is. That's his equivalent of Bale to Madrid. Um, and then the second half of that was the BBC did a an online poll to see who United should De Gea go, who United should have as their keeper for next season, which is interesting because you get people from you know it it was on the, the um, BBC Sports page one day last week, and most people actually said Valdez, which I thought was really interesting, and he played yesterday. Yeah. So, so maybe Hugo isn't going. Even if De Gea goes, but Valdez is thirty-two now, goes. isn't he? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, I don't know. I, I kind of agree. I think Luis will stay. I that's think that I if think. he does, this will be his last season. Mm. Unless I do think we it's... improve massively. Yeah, 
I think it was probably yeah. dependent upon getting Europe in some form. I think if we didn't have Europe, he might well have he might well have gone because they all keep gassing on about playing in Europe, don't they? Yeah, it's you know, huge. And uh, although he is a competition, yeah, although he isn't necessarily the keeper for you know our Europa Cup games. Nevertheless, you know, if you're part of a squad that's in Europe, I think you still get a medal, don't you? Yeah, but it's not about that, is it? It's just about being able to attract yeah. better yeah, calibre of players. And and you want to be in a team that's playing in Europe. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I um, was having a conversation with Emma Donovan from the Facebook group on Friday. Um, oh. Did it involve and... big socks? Uh, not this particular conversation. No. There, there was a, a conversation about 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 Jan Vertonghen. Uh, all mine did. Um, but, I reckon she um, does like big cocks, though. She does, doesn't she? <laughs> I'm sure she does. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe she does, maybe she doesn't. But, um, she said with, she's, you're sure. With, <laughs> with regards to Larice. She passed you with, by, Javed, I think. Put it that way. With... I'm just going to ignore you. Stop with it, regards, with, <laughs> that was With regards to Larice, um the point that she made was, if you look at his wife's Twitter... Um, if you look Twitter, at his wife's what? Twitter page. If you look at his wife's Twitter page, it's very much... That, that there's a lot of posts about how settled she is in London, and I've heard that before from, from other people as well. So he strikes me as being, you know... In, in in London, there's a big French community, and and he's quite settled, and he's a family man, and all that sort of thing. So, I'm not sure that you would necessarily uproot and go to, you know. So basically, Manchester. she's in charge. He hasn't had his final gas bill done yet, has he? So, all's looking well so far. I think that he's he's a family man, and and uh, yeah, no, I I agree. I I think he likes London, and they'll stay here. Yeah, and, and it's I the same reason why It's the same reason why De Gea will probably go is because of his girlfriend, you know, and his family. They want to go back to Spain, and they've got family there. And the same reason why Lloris might well stay. I think he might go to Paris Saint Germain though, if he's that much of a family guy. So there's always dangers every side of the fence. Yeah. Just have to hope he stays. Okay, um, Ian Gilfillian asks: Is re-signing Bale really that unrealistic? Yeah. Yes. 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 He wants. He he wants. If he will leave, he goes to a super club. But we've um, said all like, this before, um, haven't we? It's the risk that, despite what Poch said about keeping his place open for him, it's disrupting the whole team. The team then becomes entirely focused around Bale. The press interest is all about Gareth Bale. The fan interest from opposition fans is all about Bale, and it takes away from anything that Poch is doing currently. And then his, there's his salary, and could we afford him? And have Real actually paid for him anyway? You know, there's a whole list of things. Can of worms. It, it's huge, uh, isn't it? And he said white doesn't suit his complexion. <laughs> no, didn't it? Didn't Cristiano tell him that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on swiftly. Um, Greg Taylor says there seems to be quite a large number of Tottenham fans who wouldn't want Arsenal to drop down to the Championship, citing that it's important to have them in the same division as us so that the North London derbies still take place. Um, Greg goes on to say, I'm not one of those um, number, and he'd be quite happy for them to to spend some time in a lower division um, with the proviso that we remain in the Premier League. Yep. Um, 
how would how do we all feel about that? Yeah, Relegated. I'd, I'd, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Liam. Yeah. Why not? We might as well have an open bus tour for it as well, so we can really <laughs> celebrate. Okay. So <laughs> if, just, if just if just me then. No, I I I I quite like the idea of I, them. I being love the a... North London derby. Yeah. But like, it, like... it's and it does define my whole season. But mm. that's not the point. If they but... were to get relegated then no. I would have a party just because no, of it. No, 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 you've, you've all missed... Wouldn't it be more fun if, if they toyed with the idea of relegation each season? So they were um, 17th or um, something like that, 16th or 17th, and they just narrowly avoided relegation each season, but their fans had to go through the... Yeah, that would be funny. That would be, be, be torture, and beat, yeah. And we'd beat them 5-0 every game. Be, yeah, yeah, but wouldn't you be yeah. gutted if they got that close to being relegated and then managed to pull it up, pull it away at the, the last minute and stay up no but then they'll it, it'll be like a continuous hell they'd be they go back through the same thing each season and it'd be horrible and for their fans and they'd be tortured and we can just sit back and watch them be tortured whereas if they if they went down there's a there's a chance that at some point they'd come back up and they would they would go up as champions and they, they'd think they'd won the league or a cup or um, every trophy known to man so i, I yeah, I don't know. For for me, it's it's the fact that it would be a strange world if we didn't have that rivalry with them, and we didn't have a North London derby. And I I would miss the North London derby. Yeah, I'd quite happily see them go down. In all fairness, I don't. It is the first game I always look for on the fixture list. The first two games I always see, um, and it does kind of define how well we did. That was the year we beat them, or we didn't. But equally, if they were to get relegated, I don't think I'd be losing any sleep over it. I'd be quite happy. Mm. And then I could they would be completely off my radar. Which it's I think is more insulting. Choice. Yeah, it is, isn't it? But it'd be more yeah. insulting if I didn't even have to think about them. Yeah. To be honest, I don't really think about them that much beyond those two no, games. Kind me of. either. Yeah. I'm not really someone who kind of focuses on the other clubs too much. I'm too much obsessed with what's what's not going right or what is going right, yeah. you know, in my own team. But I can understand those people that are into the rivalry in it. Personally, I've, I've got more wound up by West Ham fans in the past than I have by Arsenal fans. But that's just personal experience, isn't it? So I've got so, a particular a particular corner of my heart. Uh, it belongs to West Ham. And it's the place where all the shit goes and all the <laughs> dodgy caravans and all the broken old, that broken down old fridges in the front of the gardens and all the St. George crosses draped over the council flat windows. They all go there as well. And they all live happily ever after. And I don't think about them ever again. I just think about Tottenham. Okay. So talking of Woolwich, um, other than, um, Judas, who else do you detest and hate with a passion? We, we said John Terry earlier, but yeah, John Terry, <sighs> Wiltshire, yeah, no. Chesney, uh, to a point, yeah, but John Terry more. Yeah, you can't beat John Terry. John Terry is a cunt. I wouldn't cry any tears at his funeral, put it that way. I would turn up at John Terry's funeral and piss on his grave. John Terry is to top Trump football cunts as the Chorizard is to Pokemon. <laughs> That's for the younger kids. Yeah, you <laughs> lost me with that one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it. 
Okay, uh, Aaron Wolf asks, um, when you were walking home from school, daydreaming, what was your footballing fan? What was your footballing fantasy? We, when I was fourteen, yeah, it must have been fourteen. That was the eighty-seven season, and we had a piece of work to do in our English class about the Walter Mitty kind of thing. Of if you could, how would love, you know write Walter an essay? Mitty. Yeah, so I did mine in the that I would be playing for Spurs in the, and scoring goals the way Clive Allen did, but it, that included winning the eighty-seven Cup final, not embarrassingly um, losing it. So yeah, that was mine. At a great age where girls aren't supposed to like football. Well, I think mine was uh, involving a very lengthy and almost fatal illness. Uh, having just signed for Spurs as a promising youth, spending about five years recovering, bravely coming back, fighting back, having my first game and all the other players are injured or there's been another paella attack, something like that. That's what it was. And uh, as a result, I had to go on in the last few minutes of the cup final and um, the ball comes to me. You know, I, I jazz past a couple of players, ghost past a few others Alain Dembele nowadays, or hopefully John White. John White, yes, and then bang, Curly. Because I was a, I was a kind of a, a, a John. Just to save you here, I'm going to use that word that you used earlier that you'll probably get li- lynched for. Um, I was a bit. I had a spazzy left foot, which sort of, <laughs> which sort of, it sort of turn turns inward a bit. So I've I've got I've got a kind of Garincho kind of twist. So I'd use my kind of flitty foot to really get an extra sort of spin on the ball. Your and people flitty would be, foot, really? Yeah, that's right. And, and people would be examining it in slow motion replay, going, "Look at it! It's going towards the corner flag!" And then it just zooms back in, right in the corner, bangs off the goalkeeper's head as it goes in off his head. Goal! End of time. And uh, I not only have I recovered from near death, but I've brought on in the cup as well. And uh, a few days later, I go into remission and die. (laughs) (laughs) Cheerful soul. (laughs) But it was worth it, you see. My whole life would have been worth it then. It could have ended on a happy note. Instead of dragging on endlessly like it is. God. (laughs) Okay, we've got about half a dozen questions to to, to quickly get through. So Brian Campbell asks, oh, I can't do this. Oh, Bene the end uh, temporum something or another which translates to oh well there's always next season is it time to replace Ordu S. Fusher as the Spurs motto we've sort of already re- re- replaced it because you, you don't really see it S. yeah you don't really see that you see Tadaris to do but you don't really see um... it, it always strikes me as a bit Denham Rodney <laughs> nothing wrong with that it, it's just a bit uh, next, crude. next year, Rodney will be millionaires. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it. I think it maps a general decline in the standard of education in this country today. Uh, we can no longer bear a little tiny bit of Latin in our sayings, and it's a nice tradition for those who are harking on about tradition earlier on. I can't remember who they were, Rebecca, and I can't remember what it was about. Yeah, was it you on. as well? Oh. It was me. Yeah. yeah. There's on, nothing then. wrong with the. There's nothing wrong with a bit of that. Three, three o'clock on the FA Cup. Introducing, p- too much introducing to people. Ask. 
introducing people. Yeah, I know. It's such a pedant, pedantic point. And after picking me up on, uh, I can't remember the, the other words that I said wrong, you know, those other things, I think three o'clock, you might have a point, right? It's only a couple of hours. It's like you could sleep that long and not notice it. So, but no, to get back to what I was saying before. Yeah, but um, Brian's given us another Latin motto. I like the I like the Latin motto, but I prefer something like smash the fuckers totally, kick them when they're down, kill the cunts. If you could do that in Latin, right? There you that's go. What we need. That's your challenge. That's what Before I'll, I'll look it up starts, later. I seriously want to hear that in Latin. Yeah, Is it okay because... if I masturbate right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's taking you so long, John. <laughs> John, you're so English. Yeah, we've all been doing it from the start, mate. I've already come three times. You thought I was coughing, didn't you? <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next question, which is probably quite apt. Carol Hayward asks, have you ever watched Tottenham, Tottenham Sober? And if you have, which do you prefer, drunk or sober? And then she goes on to ask, have you ever forgotten who scored for us? by the time you got home. Um, yes. Shall I start with John? Yes. <laughs> good good starting point. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I've been so drunk that at half-time, I thought it was full-time. <laughs> and I walked out, and I got down the stairs, and they, they wouldn't let me out at the bottom. And I, I got a bit stroppy. <clears throat> And they asked why, and I said, "Well, the game's over. Why don't you let me out?" And they said, "Well, <laughs> the game isn't actually over." And Bloody supporters leaving early. Yes, it turns out that they were right. <laughs> so did you kind of go, "Oh, sorry," and go back, or what? Yes, I, you... I sheepishly went back to my seat <laughs> <laughs> and watched the second half. And was it worth it? I can't remember. I don't know what game it was. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, probably. Uh, probably, yeah. Well, I found... I, I found... Al- Sorry, Rebecca. Rebecca, ladies first. Ladies. Uh, thank you. Um, I'm, yeah, anyway. Um, I don't often get to go to Spurs games, and when I do, I'm invariably driving, so I don't get drunk. So I'm quite dull. So now you wish you hadn't bothered being so politely and tell. Well, the only sober game I went to, I went into the middle of the West Stand and it was when a lesbian friend of mine, uh, her girlfriend worked in the, in the Spurs ticket office and she was able to knock us off some really nice, perfectly in position with the central line tickets. But we were surrounded. I was totally sober. Totally so- I can't remember why, but I was. And I was surrounded by people with thermos flasks and they, they half of them were reading newspapers i think i don't know but i didn't like it the only other times i've been have been totally off my face probably not all alcohol involved to be honest but um I, and i've enjoyed every minute of it so i i can only assume it's because we played better and it had nothing to do with those uh, stimulants on those occasions so I, but I, i'm still going to stick my neck out and say when i'm totally off my tits it's all a lot better <laughs> damn those stimulants yeah. There's different stimulants have different effects though. I find for example when I'm on mushrooms, the passes are fucking wicked. But when I'm smoking <laughs> dope, we just can't seem to move fast enough. <laughs> okay, what about you, Jabad? What do you like? Mushrooms, mushrooms, bit of coke. I 
ketamine? What do you do? I think that... Um, Go on, but... Tottenham Hotspur, yeah. I think the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast wouldn't endorse um, any uh, use of illegal drugs, so we shall swiftly move on. Right, Kent right. Goodrich asks... Sorry? Quite right. Yeah, Kent Good, Kent Goodrich asks, who would play the leads in the upcoming Hollywood blockbuster, Compassionate Leave, the manual at Adebayo story? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how much money they paid me. Steve Martin did it, didn't he? It worked for him. It's all about I'm the sure cash. A, I think there's a niche in the market there, John. I, I think I'd you do, do very well. I'd do it, certainly. Okay. Uh, Mick Phil asks, take the, take the current pod lineup. Who would you like to replace you in a celebrity, celebrity Spurs pod? Well, it has to be a Spurs pod, doesn't it? So that narrows the, the, the cast down quite significantly. So I'm going to have to go for the old stand by Paul Whitehouse because he's funny. He's a Spurs Very good. Fan. Yeah, mm. has to be. And he can do lots of voices, so he can pretend other people are there, and all of a sudden you can have about 20 people there. What about you, Rebecca? I don't know, because I'm not terribly good with um, popular culture. So, I I mean, the only female, vaguely famous person I can think of is Jessie J. Yeah. So she I, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or she Patsy like? Patsy Kemp. Or Adele. You know, well, I'm not going to say Ian Duncan Smith, am I? So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a, that's the problem with the question, isn't it? There's not that many Spurs fans that that you can choose from that we know of. I think Adam Richman because <laughs> um, because um, he's a nice guy, and I interviewed him earlier this year, and I don't and care got, what anybody got told off for pronouncing his name wrong. That's right. Um, <laughs> I, he very politely was, pointed out yes. that, yeah, but that I that he's not Professor Snape. Yeah, right. indeed. Um, and he's a nice guy, and I don't care what anybody says. Final two questions. Um, I'll, I'll just answer this one very quickly. Um, Greg Taylor asks, "Will there be any? Will there be any transfer podcasts uh, if we sign anyone of note? Um, possibly. There might be. We might do one in the summer, um, depending on transfer activity and how I feel. Final question, Ed." Brad asks, what are we all going to do with no football for the st- summer? Bex, how are you going to cope? I'm just going to be very bored. Really very bored. Saturdays are made for football. Mm. And if there's no football, then it's almost like, oh, there's no point. And I get very restless and it's just shit, basically. John, how are you going to cope in the summer without any football? Um, I will still talk shit. <laughs> Fair enough, Liam. I do it in the league. I do it in the off season. If you you you've got you you've joined a league of talking shit. I I am like the I I'm the the head person of that league. Daddy, yeah, I'm the daddy. You're the shite daddy, man. I'm going to drink a lot. I'm probably going to take a, a break from Facebook, and I'm going to travel around the world. Just reminding various members of the opposite sex of what they're missing in the rest of their lives. That's <laughs> going to be what I'm going to do. Sod the football. That will still be here when I come back. 
Okay, Dave. All right. On that note, thanks, John, um, for joining us this week. This week, thank you, Liam. Um, once again, thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Um, and just a personal uh, note from me. Thanks, um, for everybody, for um, so we, we started the podcast back in November. Um, at the time, it was a bit of a nervous ex- experiment. Um, didn't really think it was going to go on every week. Um, but um, we have we we've we've done it each week and, and and it's grown and we do it because we enjoy it um, and um, the podcast is what it is because of the people who take part the guests each week the, the listeners who listen in the the listeners who write in with all their questions um, and it's been fantastic um, and I'm looking forward to doing more next season so thanks everybody and on that note um, the future's bright the future's lily white good night. Oh